Great. Well, before getting into the message, a big, big thank you to everyone who helped last weekend. You know, it's a huge thing, and were it not for Alive, it couldn't happen. We had up to 600 volunteers working in teams, doing so many things, and particularly the core team that hold things together for the whole year, and site, team, and so on. A big, big thank you. Let's thank everybody that did so much. So today is our introduction to a new series, All In. It's to do with partnership. If there's something I would love to see is that all of us feel valued. Every one of us feel that we can contribute to the vision and the values of our church. And I believe that the buy-in has a lot to do with revelation. It has to do with our understanding of God's word and certain principles of being together. I was thinking over the one event, what would our church look like if every individual was committed to the vision and committed to the missional push? We thank God that Gainsborough are responding to that and we want to see more and more locations planted. But it can only happen if, if the buy-in moves from the few to the many. Now, I want to say again a personal thank you uh, to everyone here in Alive Lincoln for the teams that are working tirelessly week in and week out, making coffee, preparing the way, hospitality, people with our children, with our youth. Throughout the week, we thank God for great teams. But as a result of my talk and the talks that you will have over the next five or six weeks, I'd like to think that we can raise the levels of serving more people, getting involved in our teams, so that the burden is not heavy upon the few. And I'm going to pray because I really am excited about this series. I feel that God's shown me certain principles I'd not really clearly seen before. And I want you to stick with me. If, you've, if you have your Bible, I want you to be open to the first few chapters of, of the book of Acts, Acts of the Apostles. I know sometimes it's difficult to take notes and, and, and stuff. But over the, over the five, six weeks, I think it'd be great if you are able to take some notes down and to think about some of the teaching that we've been preparing because, you know, we've talked about membership and commitment and people these days, you know, if, they, if we talk about commitment, they think, well, they're, they're, they're always pushing for money or they're wanting stuff out of us. Partnership is always two-way. We want there to be partnership with Jesus, partnership with one another, partnership uh, within the family of God. And, you know, in the book of Ephesians, you know, all the pictures that are used of church, one of those is this beautiful picture of family. Family. But there's also army, isn't there? So commitment to cause and to mission is also vitally important. So I want us to stand together and um, we're going to be talking about how you and I, and I want to personalize this, I, I want to respond to what I'm saying today. And uh, I want us all to respond to this idea of a family on a mission together. Personally committed, devoted to Christ, devoted to his people and to the cause of Christ. In Philippians chapter 1 and verses 4 and 5, there's a, a verse we've used a few times. It says this, Paul is writing, In all my prayers for all of you, 
I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel. Paul, when he's writing to the Philippians, says, you know, I, I know I'm ministering and there's a team with me, an apostolic team, but actually we are relying on partnership to make this happen. We're looking for every person within the church to partner together. And what you'll notice, it, it, the, the, this word all, we're talking about all in. And Paul says, all my prayers for all of you. We never want to be cliquey as a church. We don't just want to sort of think there's a Premier League with special people. We want everybody all in. We want everybody with, with everybody's gifts available for the cause of Christ. And so as prayer increases, and can I uh, just encourage you to really get involved in this week of prayer? There's a little card uh, on, on your chair. Pray for those things on a daily basis. Please, please join us on Thursday evening as we pray together all my prayers and all of you. This message and the messages that will follow is to do with all of us, not just a special chosen few. You see, everyone who is in Christ is in. Everybody who follows Jesus, as far as we're concerned, is in. But you need to count yourself in. I need to count myself in. And so it's for every one of us. So we should, I believe, all be on a very genuine journey to true partnership. Please, please don't exclude yourself on this journey. Now, I believe that Acts, the Acts of the Apostles, which I keep coming back to, I've done it for over 40 years actually, the Acts of the Apostles shows us this process and how quickly actually people can make progress from no faith to actually partnership in, in the church. And because in the Acts of the Apostles it happened quite quickly, but it does take process, it's very important if a person makes a decision for Christ that they don't think, well, I'm now in. You are in as far as Christ's concerned, but it's just the start of the journey. So then you need to process that faith until you become a real part of the, of the church. Now, in the early church, when Paul was uh, writing these letters, there was really, the church was only known by locality. In other words, Paul uh, wrote a letter to the church in Corinth. He didn't write to the Baptists, the Anglicans, Pentecostals, different groupings. There were no different groupings. He just wrote to the church. I wish those days were back, don't you, when we just think about the church of Jesus Christ and we're talking about belonging to the church. And now, of course, because of the years of division and broken relationships and different denominations and so on, we tend to talk in terms of the universal church, which is us all, and we're all part of the universal church, and we talk about local churches. And of course, as, as the early Christians started to plant out, they went from town to town to town, it was just known by location and so when we're sending people out, we are sending out a location attached to a life, but we want them to be a part of the church in Gainsborough, and we want them to contribute to all of that. Now, I recently, going through the first few chapters of the book of Acts, I saw more clearly a process of partnership that is very clearly seen in these verses of Scripture. And though we don't want to go back to those days, we can learn principles of how the early church operated. And I noticed that there is a process when a person comes to faith of how they can develop and then become a part of the community of faith and they can get established in the faith. 
What I hope I can get across to you is that there are always two parts to partnership. There is God's part, and you will see that God does things in the Acts of the Apostles as people come to faith and as he fills them with the Spirit and he empowers them. There is a process in our lives that God is responsible for, and thank God he works on us daily, doesn't he? And he builds up, strengthens us, grants us grace, fills us with his Holy Spirit, helps us to get up a second time, dusts us down, we keep on going. There's the God part of the process. But Acts shows us very carefully that as there is a process, God starts it and then he works on us, works on us, works on us. There is also our complying to that. In other words, our part that responds to God's part. And I'd never seen it quite as clearly as I've seen it recently and I hope you see this because this can really change the dynamic of how we think in terms of church. So often people count themselves out of local churches, either they're too busy or my gifts don't matter or there's just a a lot of people that come to meetings. I want to show you that as the church exploded in growth in the Acts of the Apostles, it did not mean that the individuals that were coming to faith were just part of a big crowd. No, they were being energized by the Holy Spirit to go out into their world and that's our heart at this particular time. I hope you don't feel as though you don't matter. That would never be our heart. I hope you don't feel that your gifts don't matter. At the end of our series, I hope that you'll be buying in in a big way and you'll be saying, all in, I want to be all in to this thing. And so we're going to look for a few moments on uh, three simple things that will be part of this process of coming into partnership. I'm going to use two words for each section, and the first word is to do with God's part, God does stuff, and the second word will be to do with our response to that and our part. And as we go through these three principles, I think you'll see that as God does his part and we respond in faith to what he does, we will grow in our understanding of a relationship with God, but we will actually be being brought into fellowship and friendship and commitment into this wonderful thing called church, the body of Christ. A lot of people knock church, don't they? I've never really understood that. You know, you will never ever find a perfect church because it's made up of imperfect people. And for us, we do not claim to be the best and the greatest church or have it right in every way, but what we do claim is this, because God is for us who can be against us, and by his spirit, we're on a journey doing stuff better. Even with the planting of new locations, we've learned so much over the last five years that we think we'll do it better. Doesn't mean we'll do it perfectly, but it does mean that we are on a process to partnership. I also want to go on record to say how thrilled I am at the teams that I'm working with now in terms of a life. You know, we've got some wonderful leaders. We've got some great teams, ministry teams. There is nowhere on planet Earth I would rather be today than stood on this platform with a bunch of friends that are on the same mission journey. And also, you know, uh, Howard today is in Wyndham. Our man on the move, Howard. He is bionic in every way. His workload is terrific. So he'll be there this morning. He'll be helping Gainsborough out, do a a run through their program. He'll be in tomorrow, tomorrow morning, sort of with all kinds of things on his desk. Thank God for a team that is working so hard. 
I want to thank God for Paul and Joy, who are faithfully carrying the pastoral ministry here. You see, I've been pastor here for a long, long time, and I know that for, for a pastor, you can get pulled into all kinds of things. And they have allowed me, by, because they're responsible here, they have allowed me some freedom to go certain places. Folks, I'm amazed at the doors that are opening for us at the moment. You know, this month I'm going to the Israeli embassy to have some talks with rabbis. Who would have guessed that I'd be invited to do that? Irene and I have just had an invitation to the Cardinal of Westminster for a meal with some of the leaders. I'm thinking, that's not because of my abilities, though I was a reliable football captain. But it's to do with, the God's, with God's grace. And unless we can be freed up to do what we're called to do, folks, the next 10 years is going to be wonderful. If we can, in partnership, get this thing together. So let's go through these three things. It's very simple. There are two words in each. The first word is to do with God's part. The second word is to do with our response to that and our part. So the first thing I want to show you in this flow of thought in the Acts of the Apostles, I find these two words are important. Number one, added and devoted. Added and devoted. You know, when you go through uh, the Bible, here's just a little aside. I've chosen these words because of the flow of the text. If you were just reading this text, you may miss it because there are now in our Bible chapters and verses that help us find things. But sometimes if a new section begins, we fail to see that actually the thought is continued. And on each of these, I'd never seen it before, in each of these, a new section begins, so you could stop with the thought that God added to the church. But if you look to the next verse and the next section, it moves on to a response to that, which is devoted. I hope you'll read through, because this is, this is actually correct. Thankfully, I don't have to bring a scroll with no chapter and verse. We'd be here a long time. So could we just go through the scroll until we find? Would be quite difficult. So I do understand chapters and verses have been very helpful. There aren't other books, are they, usually, where you say, right, we're going to chapter 3 and verse 3 of the latest novel. I'll tell you why. Because the verses and chapters in this book, this is a holy book, this is God's book, this is a different book. The, the, the stuff in here we could miss And sometimes, even by the chapters and verses, we can miss the flow. So stay with me, because in each of these three sections, if you didn't, if you ignore the chapters and verses, you'll see the flow. Okay. So the first thing is found in Acts 2 and verse 41. And it says this, those who accepted his message, Peter has preached his preach, those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. That's the first thing that happened. There was addition. That was God's part. People who had no faith in Jesus, the preaching takes place, they respond, and the Bible says they were added. At that moment in time, they were added to the church. 
Were they to have died that night, they would have been in the presence of God in heaven. They were added by God. But what you have to do is then follow through to the next section, which has a different heading. And verse 42, the next verse says this, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, breaking of bread, and to prayer. Do you see what I'm saying here? God added, they devoted. And there are many people that are added to the church, but they don't devote themselves to the church. They don't get thoroughly immersed in the church. This message is about, it's not, it's not to get us more numbers, though we want to grow. It's a revelation that to be added to the church, that's not the end of it. You've got to then, having been added, devote yourself. This is your part. Partnership is about devotion. Getting devoted, not thinking I'll do it if I want or I'll go to church if I feel like it. Devotion is commitment to people and purpose. It's commitment to the people with you. It's commitment when the, the days are hard. It's commitment when everything's against you. And it's commitment when you're filled with joy. This is how it was in the early church. And so they were added, notice this, they were added and baptized in water. So the starting point on the journey of partnership is to get right with God, be baptized in water, and that means you're added to the church. But the next verse says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread and prayer. Is it important we gather, continue to gather? I believe it is. We've got to learn the apostolic teaching. That means Bible teaching is very, very important. We need to learn what the scriptures say. We give ourselves to it. We devote ourselves to it and to fellowship. Fellowship in here isn't just having a coffee and sandwiches together. It's being committed to, the, to one another's success and blessing. I want to be in a family that really cares. I don't want people to turn their back on me if I'm having a struggle time. We are in it together. We are devoted to fellowship. You know, you only have to be devoted to fellowship when people are awkward. Otherwise, it's easy. You can be in, you can be in fellowship really easy if everybody's, you know, buying you stuff. But fellowship means I'm with you through the hard times. I'm with you in the good times. That's why we have connect groups. That's why we connect. Fellowship. Breaking of bread. God's been talking to us a lot about making breaking of bread a lot more important because it's a sacrament. It's something wonderful. Jesus said, when you do this, do it in remembrance of me. Taking bread with a friend. Taking bread with your church family. Eating it and remembering Christ. We are remembered. We're brought together. We are together. Then we take wine, a symbol of the Holy Spirit's, uh, a symbol of the blood of Christ. And together we feed on him by faith faith. And so there's this whole picture of devotion. Partnership is about being added by God and then being devoted to the things that the church is about. The journey began with accepting the message, which was the gospel, and being baptized. And then in this new section, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. And there, then they were committed in love for people. The community grew, meeting together, sometimes in big groups, sometimes in small, giving to the needy, all of these things that we've looked at before. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone 
who had need. And then they broke bread together in their homes uh, and they broke bread with glad and sincere hearts and they kept praising God. That's the starting point of partnership. Have you been added? Which means have you responded to Christ? Have you been baptized in water? You can get your name down, make sure that that's done. But the push today is are you devoted to the things of Christ? Are you devoted to the church here? I'd love it if you're devoted to all that we do here. But if you're not happy here and you're not contented here, there's a church that you ought to be committed into. My prayer is you'll be committed into here. There are all kinds of options, and I'll tell you what, there are goods and bads with all of them. But I want to be part of a family that I don't fall out easily. I want to be part of a family where I don't have any enemies. I want to be part of a family where I know there's no backbiting and as soon as we go home, people don't pull you apart. I want to be secure, don't you? I want to to know that when I go home, people are covering me. And I'm speaking on your behalf, I believe. Don't you want that kind of church where you feel cared for, you feel wanted, and you get devoted to the things of God? You know, we're, we're living in a, in a season when there's almost biblical illiteracy. We need the teaching of the word of God. We need to learn about Christ. We need to know what he says. We need to be a people that, we're not being pulled into the culture. For those that were with us, my little talk at uh, one event was to do with not getting sucked into the culture, not being scared to be different. We can't just conform to every pattern of change and behavioral stuff. Somewhere along the line, you and I have got to just say, we believe in who we are, we believe in Jesus, and we're going to follow him. Fads will come, things will change, styles will change, but the eternal word of God is changeless, and I want to be a part of that process. Do I have an amen? So it's a wonderful thing. Then verse 47, notice this. Paul preaches his sermon. 3,000 are added. They get baptized. The people get devoted to the cause. But then at the end of that, verse 47 says this, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those that were being saved. In other words, there was another addition. Some people think if I get too involved, you know, um, I'll be a little bit over-religious and all that sort of stuff. No, if you get involved, others will find the faith. If you become a witness for Christ, the Lord is able to add more to our company. I've gone on record to say I believe that God said we'll have a church of 5,000. I've been knocked for that because people are saying you're only interested in numbers. No, I'm just going with something I felt that God said. And okay, it might take some time or it might be people after me. But listen, Lincoln deserves something better than we're producing. Lincoln deserves people that are going out with the love of Christ that are devoted to fellowship, friendship. They're different kind of people. They're people that will stand up for the weak. They're people that will actually feed the poor. There are people that really care about our communities and are caring for, for the souls of people. And we have to have an urgency with that. That's point one. Added and devoted. And then I find in this process, and remember the first word is to do with God's part and the second word is to do with our response to that. The second thing is this, filled and united. Filled and united. In Acts 4 and verse 31, they were in a prayer meeting and they were all filled 
with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly, so they're filled, but then remember the chapters and verses, there's another section, follow the thought through to the very next verse, verse 4 to 32, which says this, all the believers were one in heart and mind, they were united. And then there's this whole passage of how they're cared for one another and this partnership released ministry. I really hope I can get this across. They're filled with the Holy Spirit, but as a result of being filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit within them causes character development, causes my personal agendas don't matter as much, causes me to be united uh, with my family, committed to one another. Let's just look at that verse in, in verse 33. It says, with great power, the apostles continued to testify the resurrection of the Lord. They are committed and they are now united, but they're not just united in fellowship, they're united in the gospel. So the apostles continue to preach the death of Christ, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and as a result, more people become partners and more people united. I don't have to tell you this, but one of the things that has held the church back for centuries is a lack of unity. We talk it, we have ecumenical niceness, we say nice things to one another's faces, but actually sometimes behind the scene, there's competitive spirits, and I for one, and uh, others on our team are really gonna work on this hard. I believe if across Lincoln we can connect with all the churches that preach Christ, and drop personal agendas and say, how are we going to support one another? All of us, you know, when uh, HDB was planted, we sent three couples to plant. That's, that's our heart. That's what we want to do. One of those couples is going into full-time ministry shortly. Uh, they're going to be a vicar and do it properly. I'm just, uh, I'm just a, uh, a vicar with O-levels, which means I'm a pastor. So, uh, but, but we want to bless... We want to bless the churches of Lincoln. Sometimes it's not easy, is it? Uh, Come a bit closer because I don't want everybody to hear this, but sometimes it's a bit hard when people who's been with you for a long time, they go to another church and you want to know why. And some people are sent and you accept it and shed a tear or two, but some people just get bored with us. And, And some people just think, well, the grass will be greener somewhere else. Folks, if we're going to change this city, there has to be some kind of stability and, and there has to be a joining of hands that tells us, you know, on occasions we're going to disagree with a few things. And sometimes, we, you know, if, if I were to do it, could, I could divide us in a moment just by the word Brexit. <laughs> we're now divided pretty thoroughly. But a church that is this kind of church is able to help handle all kinds of tensions and disagreements in the same family. There is no family where everybody agrees with everything. But please agree with our vision and values because we're pretty sure that they are stuff you'd want to be committed to. Some of the the stuff we all believe on the secondaries, you know we can live with tension, can't we? Every family lives with tension. And so we have here... Uh, filled, thank God for the filling of the Holy Spirit, filled, that's God's part, 
But united is our part. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you start to think as the Holy Spirit wants us to think. When, you, we, when we yield ourselves to God, then the power and presence of the Holy Spirit allows us to get on with people we'd normally not get on with. We should have a spectrum of opinion and difference and ethnicity and age. And in this big family, we should all be able to smile and occasionally say, I really disagree with you. <laughs> but the next morning you say, but I also love you. And that's what church is about. That's what church is about. I don't know why people think church is about some kind of group that all believe everything and smile and say exactly the same thing and all wear the same stuff. I mean, Nick, stand to your feet. No, Nick, Nick, come here. Stand down there so you don't intimidate me. <laughs> Folks, this is why we don't all say you've got to <laughs> wear the same stuff. But we do love Nick. <laughs> and, and because he's being discipled so well, he may never, never wear them again. Anyway, thanks. Great. So filled and united. And with power, it says this, with great power, the apostles continued. This is process to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then it says, and much grace was upon them all. All. I want to leave meetings where the grace of God is on all. Nobody leaves saying, want for me today, no, no, nobody loves me, nobody spoke to me. It's for all. And please, if you weren't spoke to, spoken to, you make the first move. Speak to someone. And then, if they refuse to answer, talk to me, because I'll say hello. Because that's how it works. So filled and united. You know, you'd think this stuff would put people off. Committed, committed, committed. People think commitment's a bad word. Discipline's a bad word. No, those are great, great words. But in the early church, it didn't put people off. It increased the offerings. Because right after this, you find that Joseph comes to the leaders and sells a field, and with all the money that he receives, he gives it to the elders because he's saying, that's something my finance has to go into. Now we're going to be talking about partnership in terms of finance, but there's no way around this. If we have a vision, we've got to have provision. We're going to go somewhere, folks. We've got a job to do. Well, he is excited this morning, I hear you say. Added and devoted, filled and united, and then thirdly and finally, empowered. That's God's part. In other words, when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, that filling isn't just so that we get goosebumps. The filling of the Holy Spirit isn't just so we have an experience. It's in order that we're empowered to do the stuff, as John Wimber calls it, where we can share the gospel. We can see the sick healed. We can see all the things of the gospel. Empowerment, that's God's part. You know, none of us can heal anyone, can we? But we can be filled with the Holy Spirit and then in faith in the name of Jesus we can pray. That's empowerment. That's God's part. Empowered. So Acts 5 verse 12 says this. 
The apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders among the people. Here's the word again. All the believers used to meet together. All. Now, I I guess some would be be poorly and didn't turn up, but this is a principle of all. I, I don't know a way to get this across, but if we're all together, we can do more. If we're all together, you know, some people miss miracles, don't they? Thomas was missing one day and didn't believe that Jesus had risen from the dead. I was so pleased to witness what Joy shared about Claire, who we in quite detail interviewed. Did you know that the B&B where Claire had been put out a tweet and said, for the last five years, this lady has been coming in a wheelchair. She went to the one event. She came back walking. That's when the world tells you. But actually, it it was more than walking. She ran. She ran. She ran upstairs. Her husband was in shock when we were speaking to her. There will be those, even among us, that say, oh, I'm not sure she was really poorly. That's what they said in the early days. Folks, we've got to get through this Western mindset and believe God heals today and believe his power is with us to empower the church to do great things. You know, when we become cynical, the power stops. When we become people that know better than God, you know, we're just diagnosing, is this really a miracle or not? He is the creator God. He can do all things. And we believe that. There may be other churches that don't believe that. That's their business. But we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, the triune God, making his entrance into the earth through the incarnate word, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. We believe he died on a cross, rose on the third day. We believe all this stuff. Sent his Holy Spirit. You see, they were empowered. And what did that mean? Well, it brought tremendous growth. Things started to happen. In verse uh, 14 of that chapter, it says this, Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets, laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as they passed by. Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by evil spirits, and all of them were healed. This is the power of the gospel. So from here, Gainsborough needs this same message, this same energy, this same power. I'm nearly through. And then in verse 42, it says, day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, listen, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Christ. This moves now to the third in the process, which is established. Established, where it means I'm all in and it's working. It's a process, but it wasn't long, was it, in those few chapters from people who had no faith being added. Then they are filled, and then they are established. They're established because they're empowered by God, and then the established means I've done my part. I'm looking for people who will be established in their faith. You'll turn up when it's raining. You'll turn up when you're feeling miserable. You'll turn up when you want to party. Every one of us, this is in our hands, guys. This is in our hands. Our future is in our hands. 
this is urgent from my point of view. I've lived with this hope for 40 odd years and breakthroughs on the way. With the one event, we're not yet there, but we could have many more churches joining us next year on site because, uh, because a whole group of churches are looking into that. Oh, the future's great, guys. The future's great. I don't want to just blow trumpets and, you know, put on party hats and pretend. But folks, look around. There is a cloud the size of a man's hand rising and it speaks of the coming rain. Let's get ready. Ready, ready, ready. Well, day after day. This has to be day after day. This has to be doing it when it feels boring. This means turning up at your connect group when nobody wants to play the games or go through the, um, the preliminaries of silly stuff. It, it, <laughs> the technical word is icebreaker. Okay. So with this I conclude. They were all together in one place. All. This is about you today. It's not a general message to the, to the church in a way. It, this is personally me to you. Have you been added? Have you been baptized in water? Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? And are you empowered to serve him? I'm genuinely believing that at the end of our six weeks, there'll be people queuing up to serve. We need more people with our kids. We need more people with our youth. We need more people with hospitality. We need more people serving into the community. We need more people going. We need more evangelists going out on the road. We need people on the street sharing the faith. We need people into all spheres of society making a difference. People getting up on a Monday morning instead of thinking, "Mm, I've got to go to work, will wake up and say it's mission field. I'm going to live as a Christian. I'm going, to be, I'm going to be the kind of person that Jesus trusts. If you're with me on this, guys, stand to your feet. We're going to pray a prayer, and then there'll be a final prayer before we break. Heavenly Father, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for great, great church, Lord. I'm so grateful for committed people who got up early this morning. I'm grateful for people that are willing to get here early to make sure our sound's good. And I'm so grateful that there are people opening doors before everybody turns up. I'm grateful, Lord, because this couldn't happen without them. I'm grateful there are people that are teaching our children the ways of Christ today. I'm grateful. I'm grateful for a whole bunch of leaders that take our youth. And I'm grateful for connect group leaders that week in, week out. They serve you and they serve the people. I'm so grateful, Lord. We are grateful. We're filled with gratitude. We're filled with gratitude. And now, Father, by your word, I pray something will be sown by your divine word today that will take us from just being a a, a part to being partners, to partnership where we take responsibility and together we're devoted, we're committed, we're concerned, we're weight carriers. We'll do it for the cause of Christ and we will dare to be different. And so in the name of Jesus, I pray for every one of you that you will be empowered and strengthened to do this thing, that we will be the kind of church that God can use. And I pray that God will become famous because his people are going out, living a different lifestyle 
They're people who care. They're people who love. They will be known by their love. And so I bless you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I pray that as a result of this little talk, you will find that you're glued to your brothers and sisters and you're committed to the cause of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and that our agendas take back seat to the biggest agenda of our lives, the extension of the kingdom of God. We pray these things in the name of Jesus, who has promised that we're added, has promised to fill us with his Holy Spirit, and has promised that there will be an empowerment upon us so that when we go out, we become carriers of blessing to a world that desperately needs it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Please take your seats. We've got two minutes left as we, as we pray a prayer. We pray every week. Is there anyone here that you're saying, I need to make this decision? I need to be a follower of Jesus. Perhaps there are some have become peripheral to the cause of Christ and you're making this as a rededication. But will you all join me as we read the prayer that comes up on the screen? We'll read it together and then simply I'll ask you to respond as every eye is closed so that you can have a sense God's adding you to this and then you can respond in the appropriate biblical way. Let's have the uh, prayer, please. Let's pray it together, shall we? Thank you, God, for loving me before I ever loved you. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. Thank you that I can get connected to you now because you are alive today. I admit that I have lived my life without you and have messed up. I ask for your total forgiveness and I commit myself to you. Help me to submit my life to your teaching and direction from now on. I receive you into my life and ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. As every head's bowed, I'm just simply going to ask, if this is the first time you have responded to Christ and you've prayed in your heart, opening your heart and you're saying, Lord, after this talk, I want Jesus to add me to his people. I want to be added to the church. I want to know Jesus. And you've prayed that really sincerely. Because you prayed that prayer, I'm giving you an opportunity now in a second or two just to raise your hand. I do that for two reasons. Firstly, you'll know you've done something. But secondly, there are one or two that have booklets that they want to place in your hands. There's just a few people that have their eyes open, be watching for hands. And so if this morning you've prayed this prayer and you're receiving Christ for the first time or you're pulling back into line and you're coming back to Jesus and you're marking this, this moment, will you now boldly just raise your hand until we see it? We'll get a booklet in your hands straight away. In the balcony, is there anyone? You raise your hand and say, this is me today. I'm starting this journey of faith. Just raise your hand and someone will get a booklet to you. Anyone on the downstairs floor? You're saying, include me in, yes, as somebody at uh, the left-hand side. Uh, let's get a booklet there. The Bible says that heaven rejoices over one person that comes to faith. This is a big deal today. This is an eternal moment. Is there anyone else here? And you're saying, I don't want to miss the moment. Just raise your hand quickly and we'll get a booklet to you explaining what's going on here. So let's just applaud the fact that someone's come to faith, shall we?
Time's gone, but you remember my introduction? In our playground, we used to go all in for, and then a bunch would put their arms around and you get this big row of people that are all in. And I'm asking you, are we all in for church? God bless you all.